Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Good morning. It is good to be with you. If we haven't met yet, I am Liz, one of the lead pastors here. Um, and we uh, started last week this new series called Fulfilled, where we're looking at the, the good, beautiful, kind God. What does it look like to live life with him? You know, when I was a kid, I, uh, my grandma had these glasses that I liked to put on sometimes, and they were like one of the, those big oversized glasses that are, you know, back in style now. Um, but I would put them on, and... At the time, I didn't need glasses. And when I would put them on, they instantly would like turn the floor into like these rolling hills, right? And I used to like, like to walk around and feel all distorted, you know? And I thought that was really cool, like when things like didn't look right. And like that was before, you know, as you get older, like the motion sickness starts to bother you more. I probably couldn't do that today. Um, but I, I thought it was just so fun to kind of just see the, 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 the landscape change, you know? And this morning, we're going to be putting on some lenses of a biblical worldview um, that is a little bit stretching for us as Western thinkers. Um, because we're used to understanding life based on, like, what we can see, right? What's, like, right in front of us, what there's evidence of, and it's hard for us to kind of like look like behind the scenes to the unseen world of the supernatural. But in the biblical worldview, there are forces outside of ourselves that influence us away from the love of God. There are forces outside of ourselves that are unseen that influence us away from the love of God. We do have unseen enemies. Unseen enemies. Have you ever seen like magic eye? You know what those are? Like the, the like scrambled up kind of picture. And if you go cross-eyed, you can like see behind it. <laughs> I just had this conversation with my oldest this week because she was asking, um, can you go cross-eyed, mom? I was like, yeah, totally. And I was like, can you? And she was like, oh, I'm really trying. I'm really trying. Look, can you see it? Am I doing it, you know? And I remember being her age and practicing and practicing. And I loved Magic Eye. I would get the books and, like, see how fast I could see the image, like, you know, behind. And I, I'm not sure that Dan can even do it, you know? <laughs> so it's one of those competition things that, like, yeah, I can see the Magic Eye. Um, and that's what it's kind of like. Jesus, it, when he was walking around here on earth, he had the perception of what was behind the scenes, that unseen realm. And it's a little bit harder for us because we're just like, all I can see is this picture, you know? All I can see is all these, like, things. There's nothing else behind it. That's what my oldest was telling me. She's like, Mom, this isn't even real, you know? Because she couldn't see what I could see. Last week, Dan opened up this series um, talking about how there's, there's fractures in our lives. There's fractures in the world around us. And those fractures are rooted in this failure to live in God's love. 
when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded with absolute clarity. He said, love. Love is the greatest commandment. First, love God with your whole being, your heart, your mind, your soul. And then, in addition, love your neighbor, love each other as yourself. And then Dan used this example of the TV screens, um, how they are being, they're hanging on this ceiling mount. And um, Jesus said, all of scripture, the law and the prophets, hang on love. That we are called to live in the atmosphere of God's love. That that permeates everything that we are and do and feel and say. But our unseen enemies, that, that thing that we can't quite always see in the physical realm, they have an evil agenda, and it is to cut you off from love. And specifically, to cut you off from God and to cut you off from each other. And then to form you in a way where other people become an enemy. And if you've ever turned on the news, which I know you have, or you've hopped on social media, you have, right? Um, or you've just been an observer in your own life circumstances, and you've thought, like, how can such evil take place in the world? And you've, ha and you've wrestled with wrapping your mind around that. Um, and you think, like, you know, all this junk happens even w by good people, even by regular people. Like, how can this be? Like, is there something more behind the scenes? Like, you're not wrong in your, in your questioning. And I'm not talking about, like, conspiracy theories behind the scenes, right? I'm talking about our unseen enemy. And the unseen enemy... Satan, he also has a, a staff team of spiritual beings that work together to, to kill, destroy, and deceive. But then, this, this is like putting on the glasses and watching the floor get a little funky, is that not only is there Satan and his staff team, per se, but there are Powers, unseen powers and principalities that hold people, nations, and institutions under evil agendas. And that alone is hard as a Westerner to, to just like swallow. That there are powers and evil agendas at work in our everyday life. But for the biblical writers, it was, it was totally normal. It was like their worldview. It was not a stretch like it is for us. Um, we like to think like we're really sophisticated and intelligent, because we are. Um, and if there were like uh, unseen influences deceiving us, we would know about it because we're so self-aware. We would, we would understand it. We would be able to sense it coming at us. But it's really just the opposite, <laughs> okay? It's our intelligence that makes us so prey to being influenced and deceived and manipulated. 
That's, that's sometimes scary and something that we don't like to believe is true about ourselves. But if scripture gives us a certain worldview, we have to trust that we should pay attention to it a little bit more than we're comfortable with, right? So we're going to go to scripture this morning to kind of look at this a bit. So the first um, scripture I'm going to start with, Colossians 1, 15 through 16. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. So Jesus is supreme. And in God's goodness, he chose to create all things through Jesus. It's amazing. God created things through Christ that are seen, and he created things through Christ that are unseen. And he created an unseen and seen world with order and structure and powers to be used for good and, and work in a way that, um, that promotes the well-being of all creation. God set up his good and beautiful world this way, with unseen and seen, with powers, thrones, kingdoms, rulers. It's hard to wrap my mind around, okay? But it's there. And he made us to be wise and good agents of his world. And we know when we look at the biblical story in Genesis in the very beginning of the Bible, you get to Genesis 1, 2, 3, and you see how things went wrong. You can read about how humans chose themselves over God. They turned away from God and said, we want to be in charge of ourselves. Yeah, that seems good. We can know what's good for ourselves instead of God. And that created a whole different experience for them. Now sin and evil and brokenness entered the world. And God created the unseen and the seen world to coexist together in their goodness. But you can see the brokenness that happened with humans, and we don't necessarily have the exact timeline in the biblical story, but what we can infer from Scripture is that this unseen realm also had a rebellion, similar to the humans. And now the, there are powers and principalities that have been turned evil, and they are no longer working in the good, beautiful way that God created them to work. And so now the unseen and the seen realm do not work in the beautiful harmony that God created. Right? We live in a spiritual 
battle. And the biblical writer Paul, he reminds the church of this. And he specifically says in Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, he says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The good news is that Jesus is supremely powerful over the unseen realm, over the unseen powers and authorities. At the cross, Christ disarmed the powers. Now, what does that mean? It means that the powers no longer have to hold us captive. We are not slaves to their demands and influence, right? We call upon the name of Jesus. We stand firm in the cross of Christ and his resurrection. We claim that reality day in and day out. But we have to abide in him. We have to stay rooted in that truth. We have to stay rooted and strengthened in love on a daily basis. Because the powers are they're still happening. They're still influencing. What Paul is reminding us is that the, the evil influences of this world are not rooted in a physical problem. So we cannot fight them with physical means. He's reminding us that the powers and principalities are by nature spiritual forces. And so we must fight the battle with our spiritual resources. Something else we're not always comfortable with or in tune with, right? We like to just kind of get things done with our own brute strength, right? We're just going to fix problems um, with, our, with our intelligence, right? <laughs> but when Jesus lived here on earth, he lived in opposition to the powers, even though he's supremely powerful. Satan tempted him in the wilderness when, he, when Jesus was fasting Satan came to him and he's like, I can offer you more power, Jesus. I can offer you independence. I can offer you fame and glory. I can offer you all that. And when he was asked to prove his power by Satan, Jesus responded, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he responded in, in other scriptures. Jesus, the, the one who is supremely powerful, he clung to his father. You know, all things that have wreaked havoc in your life, 
can be brought back by the power of Jesus. He continually makes us new in the power of the cross and the victory of the resurrection. Now, can you point back to a time maybe in your life where you were, you were influenced by something, right? And like now looking back, you, it's, it's painfully obvious. Like, yeah, I was totally influenced by that. And maybe you feel even a little foolish that you were so heavily influenced by something in your life. Well, I'll bring you back to me in junior high, okay? A little road trip back. Uh, when I went from fifth grade to junior high, I um, changed my name from Lizzie to Liz, you know, because I was so cool. I needed to assert my coolness in junior high. I could no longer be called Lizzie. I had to be called Liz. New identity, you know, sixth grade, big deal. And my group of friends were not on board with that. They were like, you are just trying to be cool. I was like, fine, I am, you know, I care. And, and I remember that journey, uh, the awkward journey of trying to become cool in junior high, right? That was like what I cared about. I remember one day, like, leggings were cool, not cool, but I wore them a lot in elementary school, right? And one day, I, I remember wearing, like, these navy leggings. It's, it's like, it brings me anxiety to talk about it. <laughs> I wore this like red shirt. I think it had Snoopy on it. It was very, a very kid outfit. And I showed up to junior high in that outfit and I just thought, oh gosh, I can't wait to go home. Like I just, I could just feel everybody staring at me. Like I was in like a little kid outfit and here I am in junior high and I could never wear leggings again. I just can't wait to get home and change and like throw those clothes away and never look back, right? Well, now you are cool if you wear leggings to, to junior high. So, you know, you can't win. But I remember, you know, that was a strong influence in my life. And when and my oldest now, I'll talk about her again, um, sometimes she'll ask me, like, why are the junior high and high school kids doing this on the bus? Are they just trying to be cool? I'm like, yeah, they're just trying to be cool. She's like, oh, that's so stupid. Why are they trying? Why are they doing that they're, when they're just trying to be cool? I was like, just you wait. <laughs> You know, you're about to do ridiculous things just to be cool, you know? That was so, it was such an influential cloud that carried with you until like at some point you just didn't care anymore, right? But the coolness has now graduated to a different influence in my life, right? So I, Dan and I sub in the schools um, as part of our bivocational life and I was subbing in first grade, my daughter's, my middle daughter's class, um, the other day, and every morning they have a morning meeting, and they throw out a question, you know, and teachers learn a lot about your your life through these questions, okay? But um, on Mondays they usually ask about like what the kids did that weekend, right? And I was there on a Monday, and I got to ask all the kids, you know, what they did that weekend, and oh, I went to Chicago, and oh, I went to a U of I game, and I went on a cheerleading whatever, and, I'm, and my daughter, she's like, I got a haircut. I was like, oh, dang it. You know, like there's this, there's this comparison trap that then I am like already, as the sub, my brain is going into 
the circular dark hole of like, gosh, what am I doing for my kids? You know, what kind of life am I providing for them? Haircuts? Well, great job, mom. You know, like, um, and I start to to compare and think like, oh, I can't provide for my kids weekend trips to Chicago and all, all this stuff, you know, and, and it happens on social media, right? The minute you get on social media, it happens like, it's this deception, this deception that creeps in that somebody else's life is better than mine. And there the spiral thinking goes, right? And deception is a huge power at work in this world. Deception tells us that we have to secure our identity through our own means, right? You are responsible to secure your identity through your own means. But Jesus gives you your identity. Division, it's another power that works in the unseen world. Because remember, the powers are trying to cut you off from God and cut you off from each other. The author of the book that we are following says, much of our society holds the conviction that if two people disagree on an important issue, they must be enemies. Don't we feel that? Two people disagree on an important issue, they must be enemies. So this huge deception in our world that the powers love to thrive on is that the definition of love is agreement. That we can't be truly connected to each other or someone else if we disagree. And in fact, if you disagree, now you become enemies. So deception to division. You see the, the, the snowball effect? And then you get to, um, if, you, if you stay divided long enough, then you can dehumanize people and you can put people into groups and categories. And when you just like put people into groups and categories, like liberals and conservatives and whatever and whatever, then you can kind of keep them at arm's length even more and hate them even more. And so there's this hostility that you can now treat a group of people with that's more acceptable than when you're living life with someone face to face, up close, and you, you see them as an image bearer of God. It's deception, it's division, it's dehumanization. These are powers constantly at work in our world. And the, I think Satan's superpower is that he wants to convince us that he doesn't exist, that these powers are just a hoax, and that the problems that we see in the world of, of evil are, they just really lie within another person, right? Or within our circumstances, that, that the unseen realm doesn't exist. But Jesus, he's disarmed these powers at the cross. You do not have to live as, slave, as a slave to the powers. Sin and evil, 
Yeah, their posture is to cut you off from God, cut you off from each other. But the cross overcomes all of it. If we remain in him, if we abide in him. So I would just like do a thought experiment this week and notice when you feel disconnected from God. Notice when you feel disconnected from other people. And, and just stop for a minute and think like the powers, I know it sounds hokey even to say it, right? The powers are trying to convince you that God is mad at you and you are in shame and guilt and you should be in a distant place from God. Not true. You are God's beloved. So you have to turn away from the evil powers and the agenda and say, I am his beloved. Notice when you feel that distance and turn the other way. Notice when you're being cut off from other people, when you feel when you feel the comparison that I talked about, when you feel the judgment, when you feel jealous or pain or fighting or distant. You know, it happens in our families. It happens in marriages with kids. It happens with relatives. It happens with coworkers. It happens online. Notice when you feel that disconnection and think, okay, the powers want me to remain in this space but I'm going to turn towards love. Self-sacrificing love. That's Jesus. Our superpower is remaining in God's love and maintaining our unity. That's the superpower of Jesus and his church. That we remain as God's beloved, and we maintain our unity with our neighbor and each other. And that's hard. And the powers are at work to destroy that. Now just, I mean, just give that some consideration this week because it has tired my brain out. So I would like to hear some of your feedback and how you think, when you just like put on a different set of lenses walking around your life and think, oh, I can see it at work. I can see it more than I was seeing it, you know? The magic eye effect, that's what I'll call it. <laughs> I'm going to read Ephesians and Colossians to you, some two other scriptures here as we close, as we get ready to close. Ephesians 3.19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The good power of God will fill you to complete perfection when you what? You experience the love of Christ. A few verses later it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit Binding yourselves together with peace. 
Colossians 2, 13 through 15, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. But then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it all away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Because they cannot keep you captive. You are free in Jesus. All of this has been a gift from God. You can live the full, beautiful, good, kind life that God has for you when you remain in him. You stay in love with him. You stay connected to him. When we worship together, guess what? We're pushing away the powers of darkness. When we pray for each other, we are pushing away the powers of darkness. We're defeating them with Jesus because we sit with him in heavenly places. So we get to call on his power that resurrected him from the grave anytime. That's what great power and authority we have in Jesus. But we have to live in it. We have to abide and remain in it. And this kind of life, man, this prayer is supposed to permeate our life. This is the way we're supposed to live with the spiritual reset resources, right? Claiming God's power over the other powers. So my call to action for you this week is, I mean, I, I feel like I just resound the same thing over and over again. My calls to action don't get very creative. I'm sorry. But, I mean, it's like my heart as a pastor for you. Like, what is your daily rhythm of abiding? Like, do everything to protect it and make it happen. I love my app, Lectio 365. I wake up to it every morning. I get in this chair by my fireplace that doesn't work, but that's fine. And I put a heated blanket on myself instead to feel the warmth. And I listen to my app. And a lot of times I go to sleep listening to it as well because it has a morning and a night uh, prayer time. Read through Ephesians this week. That would be my challenge to you. One time we did a series on Ephesians. You can look up some sermons. But Ephesians gives you this lens. It's like reading it differently when you think about the powers and the principalities and the evil agenda. Paul is talking all about it. Read through it again and just see it. See it once again at work in this world and how you can reclaim the power of Christ in your life. I'm going to invite the worship team up. And I'm, I'm excited to worship because guess what? <laughs> We're claiming Christ's power. Like It, almost, it like has a new meaning, right? When we really like put on these biblical lens and think about, like, yeah, this is the reality we're swimming in, even though we don't always see it. So let's worship loud and bold because we're pushing away the powers of darkness and we're claiming Christ's power in our life. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, we welcome you here. We're thankful for your power. We pray that it would permeate every fiber of our being and that you would fill us with your love once again. 
Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so beautiful. We gaze upon you in your name. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.